You are now listening to Zekaic Podcast, proclaiming the gospel. Jesus is Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. A blessed Sunday to everyone. I would like to welcome all of you to this online worship service. And I believe that as God is with us here at the church, He is also there with you in your respective homes or wherever you may be this very hour. Shall we bow down our heads for prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, your presence is not limited in one particular place. Thus, there is a confidence in our hearts that you can minister to us wherever we may be. That as your word is, um, is preached this very day, as your word is proclaimed, is declared before this pulpit, we know and believe that the work of your spirit is also taking place in each one's heart, wherever we may be. We pray that you would continue to open our hearts and our minds. Give us the understanding that we may receive your revelation, that we may be able to appreciate all the more what you have in store for us this very day. And we pray that you will continue to speak to us, transform us into the likeness of Jesus through the power of your word and the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We honor you this very hour in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We will continue with our study from the book of First Samuel. And today we will be delving into chapter, chapter 7, verse 5 up to verse 17. We ended our message last Sunday with chapter 7, verse 4. So we will pick up from where we left last Sunday. 1 Samuel chapter 7, beginning with verse 5 up to verse 17. The word of the Lord says, Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. After they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God so that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord of Israel on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic, and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below beth Car. Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Up to here the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against 
Philist, the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had captured from Israel were returned to Israel from Ekron to Gath. Israel also delivered their territory from the control of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. So Samuel led Israel all the days of his life. Year after year, he used to travel the circuit of Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah, and he used to judge Israel in all of these places. Then he would return to Ramah because his home was there. He also judged Israel there and built an altar to the Lord there. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Last Sunday, we discussed about the mindset of the Israelites. They were thinking that the ark of the Lord would make a very much difference in their presence, in their midst. That whenever they go to war, they believed that once the ark of the Lord is there, they would win the battle. However, to their dismay, once they were there fighting against the Philistines, you know what happened already. They carried the ark from Shiloh. They brought it there in the middle of the battle. They fought against the Philistines, but they were surprised with what happened because in the earlier battle, they lost 4,000 men. And this time, with the ark of the covenant in their midst, you know what? They were also defeated and 30,000 men were killed from among them. All the while they were thinking that it was the presence of the ark. All the while they were thinking that once the ark is with them, victory is already assured. But later only that they did realize, they realized that it was actually not the ark, but it was the condition of their hearts in relation to God. When did they realize this? They only realized this when Samuel already came into the picture and told them that actually, if you are ready to turn back to God, if you are going to turn your hearts to the Lord, it is only then that he will fight for you. It is only then that he will, he will let you experience the victory against the enemies. You return back to God. It was not the ark. It's the heart of the people. And this time they were there. They were gathered and Samuel was there. God gave them the revelation. It was a moment of kayapala. It was a moment of aha. That's the, the, that's the thing that we need to hear. It was a moment of revelation that God opened up their hearts and minds to the reality that it wasn't the ark. It was the heart. Their hearts conditioned before God. And now Samuel was leading the gathering of the Israelites there at Mizpah. And while they were there, Samuel gathered them and he said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. You can see there the setting of the narrative in verses 5 and 6. Verse 6 says, After they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day and they confessed there. Take note of these three things that they did. Three things that they did. It was, um, you look at these three things. The latter two are very familiar to us. They fasted and they confessed. Meaning to say out of the revelation that God has given to them, 
they fasted now because there was a realization. Take note of these two words that I have mentioned. When God gets into the picture through the presence of Samuel, when God revealed it to Samuel and Samuel revealed it to them, it was an act of revelation. Out of that revelation, there was a realization. Out of that realization, they did three things. They poured water, they, they, they fasted, and they confessed. We are familiar of the latter two, the fasting and the confession. When someone is feeling remorse, when someone is feeling sorry for the mistake, for the wrong understanding, for the wrong conception, then a person will feel remorse about the matter. He will confess. Then in the Old Testament practice, even in the New Testament times, they will practice fasting. So the people of Israel fasted and they confessed before God as a response to the revelation. They experienced a realization. But here is one thing. One of the three things that they did was that they poured water into the very presence of the Lord. It is something that is not commonly done in the, old, in, in the Bible times. I seldomly see this. As I was looking at some scholars' writings, one of them said these words, the pouring out of water symbolized the people's feeling of total inability to make an effective resistance against the enemy. So it was an expression of what they were feeling inside, telling the Lord, Lord, we are sorry for what we have thought about. We are sorry for that misunderstanding. We are sorry for the wrong action. And now we would like to express before your presence that we, we cannot do anything. There is nothing that we can, we can do to resist the attack of the enemies. Here is a revelation. Out of that revelation, there was a realization. A realization that they have done something wrong. A realization that they were not capable. A realization that they needed to depend on the Lord. A realization. And you know what happened next? Well, they were there worshiping the Lord. You know, I observe this. Not only in the text, but even in realities of life. While Samuel was leading the people in their reconnection with the Lord, with Yahweh. It was also the time when a tension happened again. And I think this is a reality that believers should take note about. That when we begin drawing closer to God, it is also the moment that the enemy would appear again. That when we take simple steps of faith, getting nearer to God, it is also the moment when the enemy would hurl his arrow against us. Look at this reality taking place in the text. And while they were there, look at verse 7. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when he, the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. Wait a minute. Let me read that last part of verse 7. 
when the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. What was happening here? Samuel was leading them into the very presence of the Lord, a moment of worship, a time of reconnection with the divine, with the God who called them, with the God who has proven himself in the past. And yet this time, while they were drawing closer to God, the enemy again threatened them. The enemy again gave some, something that would cause fear in their hearts. And you know what happened? That was very effective. Why? The enemy has caused this thing in the heart of the Israelites. And verse 7 says, they were afraid of the Philistines. Is this even possible? How can this be possible when they have God already on their side? Is it possible if you translate this, this scenario in our time today? Is it possible for a Christian to be afraid of something? Is it possible for a believer to be fearful about something? And the answer to that question is yes. Only a breathless man is the very person that will be able to experience no fear. Even if the most, what is this? Even if the champion of a certain field he may be fearless on that area, but in some areas of life, there could still be fear that would be experienced by the person. Fear is something that you and I would still experience even if we are already believers and followers of Jesus. Fear is something that we may confront us on a daily basis. Fear is something that confronts us even in our time today. The believers during this time they had just a moment of reconnection with God and yet they feared the Philistines. They feared the enemy. It is possible. Fear is possible even in the life of a believer. But my question in relation to this reality is this. How are we going to respond to it? How are we going to respond when we are afraid of something? Because we may take different responses on this matter. Some of us may feel fear and then do something that might even worsen the situation. Some of us would feel anxious already. And if it is mishandled, feel that is fear that is already maybe uh, that has already turned into an anxiety if mishandled that would even lead to depression and when depression is happening in a person's life it incapacitates the person that's not the direction that a believer should take what happened to the believers here yes fear was a reality that confronted them during this time. I think it was natural for them to be afraid of. Who wouldn't be scared if in the previous battle you were defeated? Who wouldn't be, be scared if that same enemy attacked you in the past and you were defeated not only one time but two times? Who would not be afraid of that same enemy who slaughtered 4,000 men during the first fight 
And who wouldn't be afraid if that same enemy, you had the ark of the Lord with you already and you fought against them. And this time, not only 4,000 that were killed among the men with you, but around 30,000 soldiers or Jews were slaughtered during those times. It's natural to be afraid of something that has defeated you already. I cannot blame what the Israelites were feeling during this time. As the Philistines heard that they were gathered at Mizpah, they were so confident in drawing another war and in, in raging another war against Israel because they had that so much confidence in their hearts against Israel. And the reason for that was they had victories in the past. As they were gaining more and more confidence against the Israelites, the Israelites, on the other hand, were experiencing a greater and greater, a more intense fear in their hearts. I am not surprised. I am not surprised if they were afraid of the Philistines. I am not surprised. Who would not feel that way if you had gone through successive failures in the past? Who wouldn't be afraid of that kind of matter? Who wouldn't feel that kind of feeling if you lost your fellow soldiers in the past? Who wouldn't be afraid if you already had failures in the recent years or recent months or recent weeks? How many of us today who are feeling much fear because of the previous defeats or battles that we had gone through? We know that we are in the Lord. But you know what? Fear still has an effect deep within. Is this even possible? As I have said to you earlier, yes. Yes, it is possible. But what does fear do to us? It naturally makes a person anxious. If mishandled, it could even develop to depression where a person is incapacitated as I have mentioned earlier. But what happened to God's people here in the text? You know what happened to them? Verse 8. The Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God so that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf. And the Lord answered them. The Lord answered them. You know, I mentioned to you about the previous battles. The previous battles, the Israelites fought against the Philistines. Two battles, they were all defeated. Thousands of men were slaughtered, were killed from among them. But now, you know, something different is about to happen. Because when God revealed to them it wasn't about the ark, it's about the heart. And when they realized this, there was a revelation. Now there is a realization that it is our connection with God. Our hearts were disconnected with the Lord. Now Samuel led a worship that made them reconnected with Yahweh. Now they are worshiping the Lord and they are relying not on themselves, but they were relying on the God of Israel. There was a revelation that led to a realization. That realization led to something else here. What was that? A revelation that led to realization and a realization that led to a wonderful action. 
What was the action done here by God's children? Look at what they said. Look at what they said. What they said in verse 8. Keep crying. They said to Samuel. Keep crying out to the Lord our God. This is an expression of total dependence on God. I said to you earlier that when they had a revelation of God, they had a realization, they poured water in the presence of God, symbolizing that they were admitting to the Lord that they can do anything to, to defend themselves against the enemy. Now here is an expression, a prayer saying to Samuel, Samuel, cry out to the Lord on our behalf. It's an expression of dependence on God. A revelation that leads to a realization. A realization that is now bringing them to the right action. An action of depending on the Lord. An action of trusting not on their own skills, but on the skill, on the hand, on the deliverance of their mighty God. These verses indicate that they learned their lesson already. Huh. Is there anybody out there who just came out of a heartbreaking, discouraging, and demoralizing defeat saying, I learned my lesson. I was defend, depending on myself. I learned my lesson. Yes, pastor, I can hear you. I learned my lesson. I need to depend on God. In relation to my comment earlier, what, what, while the Israelites were there and they heard that the Philistines were coming, they were afraid. Fear was really passable. But what did they do? Despite the fear that they felt, they had the right action this time. What was that action? They came to the Lord. They asked Samuel to stand on their behalf, to intercede for them. They, there was a, a revelation that it wasn't about the ark. It was about the heart that you were far away from God. And when your hearts are reconnected with the Lord, then God is going to act in your midst, in your, on your behalf. There was a revelation that led them to a realization. Now it's leading them to have the right action. Yes, it was possible for a believer still to fear or experience fear. It was possible for God's children to be confronted still by fear. But we as followers of Jesus, we do not allow fear to incapacitate us. We do not allow fear to take over, but we cry out to God and let him take over. I want, to take, I want us to take note of that matter. Yes, fear is a possibility even in our time today. Even if you have been coming to church every Sunday, even if you listen to the words or the preaching of the word every day, fear is still a possibility. But for God's children, we do not let fear develop into anxiety. We do not let that anxiety develop into a depression. We do not let fear incapacitate us because we don't let fear take over, but we let God take over. That's why we cry to him. And this is the very thing that the, the Israelites did. They said to Samuel, Samuel, please continue to cry out before God so that he may deliver us. There was a sense of being dependent on God, not on themselves, depending on the work of the Lord. Cry out for us, Samuel. Out of that realization this time, there was the right action being done. 
And that is a reality that we also would experience if we begin to acknowledge that we are vulnerable, that we are incapable. And when we look up to God and say, Lord, only you can deliver us. That is why if you translate that in our time, when there is something that would confront us and we are feeling fear deep within inside our hearts, we go to our brother and our sister and we tell the person, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I have gone through a lot these past months. Please pray for me. We had a COVID experience just last year. Please pray for me. My relative is contaminated. I saw how the person suffered. And now it's confronting us again. Please pray for me. Our expression to one another when we say, please pray for me. It is actually an act of our dependence on the Lord. As the Israelites were exercising or practicing or expressing something out of their realization, they poured water in the presence of the Lord telling him, we can't do this by ourselves. We do not have our own ability to protect ourselves. And now they're saying, you cry out to God continually, Samuel, on our behalf. They were depending on the Lord. They were depending not on themselves. They were depending on the Lord. Again, Christians may experience fear, but it must not lead us to a situation wherein it incapacitates us. Fear must turn us to God. Fear must draw us closer to our ever-present helper. Because when God gives us his revelation... That should lead us to a realization. And that realization should lead us to having the right actions. And you know what happened next? If you look at verse 10. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do the battle against Israel. Poor Philistines. They fought against the armies of God after they had reconnected with the Lord. Verse 10b says... But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic, and they were defeated by Israel. Then the man of Israel left Mizpah and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below Bethkar. That's what God did. And as they were approaching the Israelites, as the Philistines were coming to the presence of God's army, God did something. And as if God was telling them, my children, you have come to me right now. You are under my protection right now. Let me do these things for you. Listen, when they had the revelation of God, it led them to a realization and that realization led them to the right action. That right action now brought them to God's victory. What happened next is that they fought against the Philistines and they defeated their enemies. Now I want us to take note about these actions that they did. Yes, there was a revelation, there was a realization, but there must be an action. Without an action, sometimes the realization or often realizations wouldn't do any change in a person's life. It takes an action to experience the very presence and victory of God. 
And the Israelites expressed actions out of that revelation that led them to a realization. Now they were giving the right actions. And the text tells us after they defeated the Philistines, in verse 12, Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Up to here, the Lord has helped us. You know, this is a beautiful picture. When God's help, help was experienced, when God's power was experienced, you know, human beings like you and me, we easily forget about what God has done. When an enemy would confront us again, there's a possibility that we will feel the same fear and we wouldn't know what to do again. But this time, Samuel made it so sure that they will recall or they will remember what God has done. He erected a stone and he called that Ebenezer. God has helped us thus far or this far. And I believe it is important that you and I would build a stone in our own lives. That we may be able to look back on those stones and say, God helped me in that particular moment of life. God delivered me in that particular moment of my life. God helped me in this particular aspect of my being. God helped me in this particular part of my journey. God helped me. And as we look back, as we face new problems, new issues, we look back at those stones and we would be reminded that God delivers those who trust him. What an amazing reality or what an amazing picture that was painted here. There was a stone that reminded them of the victory that God has just given to them. And this was the experience of the Israelites not only at one moment. Look at verse 13. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities in the Philistines had captured from Israel were returned to Israel. From Ekron to Gath, Israel also delivered their territory from the control of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. There were successive, successive victories that the Israelites experienced. When did this happen? It happened after this series. There was a revelation. A revelation that their belief was wrong. A revelation that it wasn't about the ark. It was about the heart. That their heart wasn't right with God. And when they made, when they had that revelation of God, it led them to a realization. A realization that God was not with them. A realization that they cannot do anything without God. And that realization brought them to the right actions. And the right actions, in a very concrete sense, made them experience the victory that God has for his children. And I think this is the message for every one of us today. Yes, God's revelation is made available to us through his word. It's there every day. Once we hear the word of God, it helps us to realize about our incapability, our inadequacy, our vulnerability. It helps us realize about these realities in life. And out of that realizations, God desires that it would lead us to the right actions. God's revelation leads to a realization. God, a realization from the revelation of God would lead us to doing the right actions. 
And once you do the right actions, you are placing yourself. You are placing yourself into a position of experiencing the victories of God. And this is what I want every one of us today to happen. We have been in a battle. We have been in a constant war. We have been in a struggle. We have been in a difficult times. And yet in the midst of this, God keeps on revealing his word to us. God keeps on revealing himself to us. Out of that revelation, God desires that we will experience realization. But God desires that we won't stay in the aspect of realization only. Because if we just stay in the aspect of realization only, it cannot change anything. It doesn't do anything. But at realization, we should move towards the action that God desires out of that realization. A revelation that leads to a realization, a realization that should compel us to doing the right things, the right actions. When these things happen, revelation, realization, responding in a proper way, doing the right action, then we would experience what God desires for every one of us to experience. This is a changing time. This is a moment of molding. Yes, every tension, every pressure, every challenge, every difficult times, these are molding time. And I'm telling you, church of the living God today, we are in a molding time. And as we go through this kind of moment, God is continually revealing himself, making us realize about our inadequacy, our need to depend on him, our misconceptions, and may these realizations Bring us to the right action. Because when we have the right actions, we experience all of these things. It is then that we would position ourselves to experiencing so that we, the victories of God, that we may feast in the victories of our Lord. At the end of the day, the God that you worship keeps on revealing himself to all of you, to all of us every day. And this same God makes us realize about who we are and what he can do. And out of that, may we produce or we, may we exercise and exemplify the right response to any situation that would come to us because we know who our God is and that God would let us experience the feast of his victory in our lives. God bless us all. And I am praying that he will continue to move in our midst day by day. You just heard the message from Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zikaek Ministries. God bless!